1: Our podcast will tell you everything you need to know about interiors and how to make it work in your home. I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And I'm Sophie Robinson. And thank
2: you to DFS for sponsoring this podcast. DFS hand makes all of their sofas to order with nearly five decades of expertise going into each piece.
1: So today, we're down in Sussex in Sophie's house. Yeah, welcome. How do you feel, Kate? I've dragged you out of London. I've had to cross the river three times (laughs) in a week. I do feel a bit faint, actually. But we're not actually in your house. That's a lie already. We're in your mum's annex. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We
2: bought this property. We moved out of central Brighton to the countryside and we bought this property together. So we are currently sitting in my mum's annex because it's like such a beautiful space with views across the garden. Because my house, we've literally just laid these very fabulous cement tiles and they haven't been sealed yet, so I'm afraid I can't even let you through the front door right now.
1: I'm not even (laughs) sure if that's true. I just think you've got the dirty laundry all over the place. (laughs) I need to go and look through the window and see those tiles. Otherwise, I think you're lying. (laughs) So
2: today, lovely, meaty subject, we're going to talk how do you define, indeed even
1: find, your own sense of style when it comes to decorating your home. And in the last episode, Sophie said that grey was dead. I'm still slightly recovering, but we're going <laughs> to look at what's coming next, as well as tackling the next in our series of how to do up a room. We're going into the bathroom. Oh, this will be a good one. So... If grey is dead, let's say it's move over to be a classic, Mm. what are the new colours? I think we're seeing a lot more cream. If you look on people's Instagram feeds, there are much paler colours, lots of pale pink. And I just asked a paint company to send me over some neutral colours and sample pots last week. And I kid you not, I am not making this up. They sent me a pot of magnolia. (gasps) Wow, I know that's quite a statement, so that's interesting that Magnolia
2: is being touted as coming back. I mean that's quite a lovely warm color, and that would be in line with what i've been seeing in terms of color trends so if we look at all the that love of gray and that navy trend that's been really big the last couple of years, they're very cool colors, and what I'm seeing is a return to more warm
1: colours. There's massive amount of warm and cocooning colours. And I think it's that idea when the world outside is is awful that we want to stay at home, we want to nest and get cosy. And these new colours are all about that. There's lots of pink, there's brass, turmeric, saffron, ochre, mustard. It's the colour with 57 different names, mm-hmm. as well as lots of green. So now it's it's all about Jomo now. Jomo? The what? joy of missing out. We're over FOMO. We have no fear oh my of missing goodness. out. Now we we want to stay at home in our nice cozy home. You see, I was just so on trend
2: all along. Is that my washing machine going off? That'd be your mum's washing machine. Yeah, yeah, is that is that what it is? It's on a spin cycle. Are you hearing that? <laughs> <laughs> it's real life, isn't it? So what we're saying is that the colours that are reflecting the mood right now, this mood of Jomo, joy of missing out, yep. basically staying in, um, is to bring in colours into our home that help create that lovely cozy vibe. Yes. So that falls in really beautifully with the
1: Dulux colour of the year. The old spiced honey, it's which spice has honey. been quite controversial. But I think when they bring out their new colours, they always are to start with. And then we get used to them. And actually that spiced honey is sort of like a caramel colour, really. And everybody threw up their hands and went, oh, Well, God, it's brown, cake. It's, it it's like beige. Seriously? It's not like beige. Think, imagine if you painted your walls in a very warm, dark navy blue. Yeah. And then you had, for example, a battered old leather armchair, which is effectively the colour of spiced honey. Right. And a brown brass lamp. Suddenly, that's quite gentleman's club. You could do it. We're going to talk about bathrooms later and how to plan a bathroom. But imagine if you had dark navy blue walls, cream tiles, and perhaps a wooden floor or wooden tiles that were in that kind of brown caramel colour. So it doesn't have to be just the paint. That's a combination that's warm. I think it's a bit classy, actually. It's quite sophisticated. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went to a really fascinating talk recently
2: by Anna Starmer, who runs a business called Luminary Color and she's a trend forecaster and one of her jobs is to tell the brands what the new colors are going to be and it's very much in you know what we're talking about is very much in line with what she was saying too and she was sort of saying that we see trends being more elastic now rather than a new color per year people expect their trends to last a bit longer especially in terms of interior design I mean seriously we're not going to redecorate every year and she's (laughs) (laughs) so she's taken her color inspiration from Nature and actually the Icelandic landscape, which is quite extreme. But she was talking about the cool navies that have been very in vogue, moving towards more warm intense colours. I mean, she even talked about cobalt blue, which got me squealing in
1: complete delight. Can I just say, I've been to Iceland, I didn't see a lot of cobalt blue <laughs> in the landscape, but, you know, we'll, we'll and go with And those kind it. of
2: rich, mossy greens. That's the true. There's lots greens. of that
1: foresty green. It's a mm. beautiful colour. And again, it's lovely with all the warm pinks that are still around. And that green is also nice if you still have got lots of grey. With pale grey, it's a yeah. really nice colour. So what we're saying is
2: you don't have to completely redecorate. No. This is now introducing warmer tones yeah. into Home. Interesting on the pink thing, Anna did say that she sees pink as being the new neutral. It's been in trend for quite a long time, it's not going anywhere, and actually using these very, very soft, chalky, pale pinks replacing the love of grey and it being seen more as a neutral which I thought was fascinating
1: because I thought getting that past the husbands is going to be really challenging. Well you just tell them it's beige. <laughs> I know loads of people who've painted their entire houses pink and just told their partners it's beige. So interestingly
2: Sanderson Paints have just launched 50 new colours. I can't I mean, believe that's quite a bang 50, isn't yes. it? It's huge. So I was just quite interested to see what 50 new colours they introduced. Now that. I'd say the majority were kind of blues and greens yeah, um, and quite warm blues and greens and the teal still being really, really popular. It's such a good colour teal, isn't it? Teal's
1: with. a funny one because you look at it and it looks quite terrifying, but actually it works well with a soft pink, it works with grey, it goes with cream, you can layer it in different shades of teal. Yeah, So it's much more versatile than you might think when you look at it.
2: Yeah, no, I'm a massive lover of those kind of shades again, because I think they bring a warmth which quite often we need in our interiors, especially as the seasons are changing, it's getting cooler. And then quite, you know, a whole other palette that you talked about being in trend, this spice
1: palette, these yes. turmeric, yellow, ochre. Um, I love those colours and I think they're really coming through. And again, you can mix them with each other. So you can layer up the burnt orange, the spicy yellow and the pinks. That's really strong and you might do all those colours. I would probably pick one of them and layer them with a darker colour or possibly with some grey or something. So you have, it's just really about how brave you want to be or how confident you feel and you can start small and layer it up as you get more used to it.
2: And what I love about the Sanderson paints as well is all the colours are manufactured in the UK, hand-mixed and then designed to link in with all their wallpapers and fabrics, and everything else like that, which I just think is a really clever idea. Or is that just marketing? (laughs) Well, no, I just think sometimes when people are pulling colour palettes together, it can feel really overwhelming. I think they're the only brand who do paint, wallpaper, and fabric, and you just know. I don't know, if you're just feeling overwhelmed, you just know that they're all going to kind of go together. I just think that's a nice twist.
1: Um, And also, talking of new paint colours, I saw the new Farrow & Ball. Now, they've only produced nine colours, and they only do it... Every two or three years, I think, and then they archive some other colours. Which doesn't mean you can't get them anymore, but it would mean you'd have to remember the name of the one. So they're not on the. They get
2: dropped off the colour card. They only
1: ever have a colour card of 132 colours. And the first thing I noticed when I saw them was that there is no grey at all in the new colours. And I did speak to them about that, and they said that while grey is still selling strongly they were noticing other colours were coming up. And that picks to your point. I think they've got two pinks in there. They've got a couple of blues. They've got some green. So again, it's all those warm colours. And I mean, I still love dark interiors, but I think there's definitely a move back towards the lighter colours. As we said at the top of the show perhaps not quite yet magnolia so my favorite color palette at the moment is that sort of dark chocolate pale pink and something a bit creamy i'm going to call it a crew to make it sound posh (laughs) so that's my sitting room and actually my kitchen so i'm basically living in a neapolitan ice cream at the moment it's fabulous and actually
2: i'm looking at what you're wearing as well you're kind of wearing wearing a neapolitan (laughs) ice
1: cream i'm nothing if not consistent (laughs) I did actually I have so much grey in my wardrobe as well and I was going to something last week and I thought I can't wear that I don't want to wear any of those grey colours or any of the black (laughs) colours suddenly my entire wardrobe's got to go yeah 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 but they're soft
2: yeah they're softer and warmer and I think you know that's lovely to see that trends aren't just in our homes they're across the board
1: actually that's going to lead us perfectly into our next topic I think, of how to find and how to define your style. Yes. If you don't know what colours you want in your house, start off by looking in your wardrobe because if you're comfortable wearing it, you will be comfortable living in it. So what do
2: you say, though, to those people who've just got loads of black T-shirts in their wardrobe?
1: You mean my husband?
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you haven't seen his wardrobe oh, but you haven't seen his sock drawer <laughs> it's all going on in there you know ah, so if in doubt check the sock check the and drawer. Drawer.
1: I think it's a really good starting point yeah. but also it may not just be your colors but it's also where you like to shop so right. let's just keep it on the high street for example if you like to shop at Kos, uh, which is very minimal very Scandinavian very block colors and simple shapes I reckon you'd like mid-century modern furniture with clean lines and there so you can take Inspiration from the clothes shops you oh, like. Oh, the brands, yeah, and like the you brands. Say. So,
2: for example, I um, love Anthropology because it's just so rich in pattern and colour, and it's quite bohemian, and there's lots of
1: handmade. You've elements absolutely, and- <laughs> taken the words out of my mouth. If your clothes have ties and tassels and pom poms, not looking at you, Sophie, <laughs> and you like to shop at Anthropology, so there you go. I wrote that down.
2: Um, <laughs> oh, you know me so well. There you go.
1: I think you would like more colourful interiors with more embellishing, perhaps more pattern. And um, um, one thing I think is quite important
2: is. Um, not to listen to your friend's advice on what you should do with your home. Obviously, I think you need to a certain degree, listen to your family because essentially they need to live there too. But I have a lot of people come to me and then they're like chickening you out saying, oh, no, my neighbour thinks it should be. And it's usually some farinball grey colour.
1: That's you know. really interesting. And it's, it's true. People are pr- always telling pressure. you. What, yes. I think that's why people don't they don't like to say what names they've chosen for their baby before they've had it because someone will always pop up and go it's a dreadful name don't want to call your baby that yeah and we know not to do that with names but you're right people think it's fair game to come in and go Oh, are you are painting that gray mm, yeah that's a mistake you won't like that in six months will you <laughs> um so you're absolutely right it sounds like quite a bold statement but i think if you've got an idea in your head of a color that you like that makes you happy then you must do it and then the
2: other thing that i think is really important to help you define your site it's like where do you look for inspiration so we've talked about clothing brands and and shops and stuff like that. I know one of the places most people hit
1: straight away is Pinterest. Oh, and I was going to say the Lou in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> oh no I I'm love that. Clearly, clearly a bit lower down the, the scale <laughs> than you. Yes, I always always take my phone to the restaurant Lou because they have to make an impact in a small space. Uh, which is also a good reason for decorating your, your bathroom in or your loo in bold colours.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd say you say you get your inspiration from restaurant news. Let's just quantify that bit because I bet you're going to some really fabulous restaurants in central London. I'm just thinking round here in the Sussex countryside, I'm not getting much inspiration <laughs> from okay, fair the point. pub toilets around
1: right here. Yes, well, well, we'll come back to your Pinterest point yeah, then.
2: Yeah, so, so the Pinterest thing and it's just sort of, you know, I think that's where most people go when they've got a new project on to get inspiration and it's absolutely brilliant brilliant mine of visual information. You see, I I
1: slightly disagree with you on that point. I think Pinterest is your frenemy. No, I'm about to agree with you if you let me finish. <laughs> All right.
2: No, it's true, isn't it? Because you've got to know when to step away from Pinterest. And I think the problem I see people getting themselves into is they're latching on to visual ideas. And usually, I know because I'm a photographic stylist, that house has been completely styled within an inch of its life. All the clutter and stuff hidden away. The photographers balanced the light beautiful, made the room
1: feel lighter than it really is. And anyway, that house might be in Palm Springs and you live in Clacton. Well, that's the key point I wanted to make. People look at these beautiful houses... And think, oh, I want that. But they, you know, they haven't got a wraparound veranda in yeah. Cape Town. They live over the chippy in <laughs> Neasden and it's not going to work. You need a board of your fantasy pins, which, you know, you can look at on a Tuesday afternoon when you've got to go to an accounts meeting and it just makes you feel happy. You know, one day when I win the lottery, I will have that look. And then I think you need another board, maybe that's inspired by the fantasy board, but is things that you can do in your small sitting room leading through to the dining room when you haven't got floor-to-ceiling glass well, windows. Well, that's just a
2: bit more realistic. Or I yeah. mean, this is a lovely idea that um, Daniel Hopwood uses with his clients. So Daniel Hopwood, obviously really successful London interior designer, was my co-judge on design challenge. What he does with his clients is invites them to produce a, a pinterest board for him and they yeah. dutifully go off and get really excited and pin 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 and then he talks them through that pinterest board and asks them why they like those images what yes. is it about that is it the sense of space the light the color and then when he's made all his notes he gets them to delete the whole lot and then he has his brief in order to you create see something what you're for them. Left with and i think clever. we can do yeah. that ourselves you know just yep. analyze the pictures why do you like them what is it you like about them write yourself a brief print off maybe a few key images for your mood board and then just don't look at it again. Um, the other thing I think after Pinterest is actually get off the internet. I did a talk recently with Red magazine and Linda Borenke was on the panel who is...
1: She's the design director at Soho House, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, and
2: apparently doing... Dream the job. Apparently doing the Clooney's house. Yes, I've heard that. Anyway, I heard that rumor. Anyway, she's just like beyond fabulous. And she was talking about where she got her inspiration from. And she talked a lot about theatre and film noir. And
1: I thought that was really interesting to keep your mind open. Well, and also, again, back to the wardrobe idea. If you look, if you walk down the high street at the moment, all the shop windows are full of colours. In that kind of camel and burgundy and all those 57 different shades of yellow we were talking about just now. And, you know, I've, I've often said that where the catwalk leads, the cushions will follow. But you can see things put together in ways that you might not have imagined if you were looking at sofas and cushions to put on yeah. sofas, but actually when you see they've teamed those trousers with that top in a shop window and a different coloured handbag, there's no reason why you can't just move that palette over into your soft yeah. furnishings. Yeah, it's to have so an open mind, way. isn't it? Yeah. Is that your washing machine <laughs> yes, again?
2: Your mother's washing machine? <laughs> it's really going for it on its final spin, hopefully. One thing that I'd really urge our listeners not to do is just copycat interiors. You know, when you sort of, you see, I see it quite a lot on Instagram, these little tribes of people all kind of doing the same thing or copying sort of certain famous interior designers. I mean, like, interestingly, I run my colour workshops to help people find their own sense of style yeah. and their own colour palette. And what I absolutely do not want is just to send off 20 little Sophie Robinson clones who are all going to paint their hallway cobalt blue. No, <laughs> I really don't want that. That's not what it's about Sophie's army. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I want them to be more confident with colour. Yeah. But it's all about finding your own sense of style and your own color palette because ultimately, I believe that's when you got a really happy home. This
0: episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch.
1: Still to come on the show is our regular design crime slot and so many of you have been in touch with us to tell us yours. Do keep them coming, we're really enjoying those.
2: And you can find us on social media, we're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, but on Instagram I'm Sophie Robinson Interiors and Kate is
1: mad about the house. Now in a moment we're going to talk about how to plan your bathroom with some some ideas to get you started on that but Sophie, do you want to tell us what's coming up in the next episode first?
2: Yeah, oh we've got a corker organised for the Next episode. So we're gonna talk colour psychology because Kate, I think you called it hooey last episode. Well, I am not sure <laughs> <trying> I <to> quite <laughs> said that. <laughs> so let's get to the bottom of that. We're also going to be talking about how to prepare your home for winter. The clocks are about to go back anytime soon. seems hard to believe as we're sitting here bathed in sunshine. It's baking hot, isn't it? But um I'd really love to hear from people on this one. What do you do to update and get your home ready for those cosy winter months? And then the room for the next episode is bedrooms. How to plan the bedroom. Yes, But before we get
1: to that, it's bathrooms hey this week, Kate. What's your top tip? Do you know what? I think the first thing you need to own up and be honest about is that you need more storage than you think. Oh, Because we all, this comes back to Pinterest, we look at those bathrooms and actually they've got one beautiful little bottle of shower gel (laughs) that they've decanted and nothing else. And the reality is you've got 27 packs of loo roll, a huge thing of shampoo, a lot of half-empty jars of moisturiser. And it's got to go somewhere if you want to still have that shelf with just a pretty thing left on it. So, storage, storage, storage. Wall-mounted storage
2: is really useful. I once rented a house many years ago, but they did a brilliant thing. They bought loads of mirrored bathroom cabinets from IKEA. Um, So, they're quite standard. When you look at them, it's just glass mirror, And they'd bought about eight of them and done a whole wall of mirrored cabinets and That's all a the loo really rolls were in there, and it just looked like a
1: mirrored wall um, although I can imagine you'd be like one of those games wouldn't it you'd be trying to find the loo roll in a hurry and you'd have to open all eight cupboards because you wouldn't know which was in which but it, it would look labels great on. yes which might spoil the look but actually mirrors That's in bathrooms that brings me on to another thing because I it think there's a song in there somewhere I'm not going to sing <laughs>
2: <That was> good <laughs> so I think it's a really good idea to you know obviously practically we need to like check our makeup before we leave the house. But there's some really nice ideas. I know one of um, Daniel Hopwood's projects, which I really love, he covered a whole wall in a kind of distress mirror. And he called it vergamese. It's like very posh. Oh, I didn't have a posh name But then name hung for it. a Venetian mirror on top of it, which oh, looks really double great.
1: Double mirror. Double mirror. I do think using that kind of foxed or antique mm. mirror is a really good idea because if you have vast expanses of mirror, it can look a bit like the gym, which isn't yeah. a particularly friendly. And also... You know, your bathroom does have to sit within the rest of your house. So you don't suddenly want to walk into a place that's all huge mirrors and stark and clean and modern if that isn't the style of the rest of your house.
2: There was a location house we used to use quite a lot back in the day for photo shoots and they did a mirrored downstairs loo. Quirky idea, but...
1: I don't need that. No, nobody no. needs to see that. The first flat we bought, it was had a tiny bathroom and the loo was opposite the door and it was the only place in the room for a full-length mirror. Yeah. So the owners had put a full-length mirror no, on the back of the you've door. You've got to be more strategic nice. than that. No, no. <laughs> but I do think Fox to Mirror. So I've got a a mirror for doing makeup over the basin standard mirror in my bathroom. Yeah, fox
2: mirror is not going to be good for that.
1: No, but I have got a long, full-length foxed mirror because basically I know what I look like from the mirror where I'm doing my makeup it's just a question of roughly does the shape work how much is my stomach sticking out that day I can tell that from the foxed mirror I don't need any more detail than that so I think Fox mirror is a really good idea bringing in a bit of vintage in the bathroom can soften all those there's lots of white in there there's straight lines there's clean surfaces well, this is it
2: it's very That's hard some, yeah. space isn't it yeah. and I and I suppose what you're saying with the softened mirror I mean, you can get lovely mirrored tiles actually I think tops do them yeah. you know with that kind of mottled look um so it's easily accessible but that's my big headline with bathrooms is you've got to soften it yes so the bathroom i designed recently for my mum here in this annex you can check it out in a minute i think you'd like it but tiled floor practical and floor heating lovely uh because we could do that because we were renovating it from scratch and then we use wood paneling around the whole room, apart I really from the shower, because like tiles yeah. can
1: be quite cold. Can't yeah, they? It's much softer. I do love pattern tiles in bathrooms again because it just makes a difference from all the blocks of plain colours that you tend to get in bathrooms. Now, my dream bathroom is—I don't want this to sound too obvious—it's a room with a bath in it if you know what I mean. So it's not all tiled all over. We've got actually a wooden floor in our bathroom because it was a bedroom. And there is a fireplace, which I've put shelves in it. So it's a converted bedroom bedroom into a bathroom? Yes.
2: Oh God, there's my phone gone as well. Oh, sorry. In fact, that was my friend who's just texted me. uh, One of my friends who's a stylist. She did this amazing bathroom design at the Ideal Home Show last year. And it had this incredible mural in the bathroom. And it was a wallpaper that's 100% waterproof. I've seen those wallpapers. Amazing. As it can go inside a wet room, so a shower room. And she says it's by an Italian brand, Wall & Deco, And the paper is called the wet system, the W-E-T wet system. And you can get it from West One Bathrooms. So that's my thing again. It's a bit like kitchens last week. Don't just think a bathroom has to be all tiles and practical hard surfaces and everything else like that. Treat it like any other room in your home. And like, I'm always wallpapering bathrooms, by the way. i mean wallpaper everything if I could. Trick with wallpapering a bathroom is make sure you have amazing ventilation. Stick it down really, really, really well, like extra strong adhesive. And some... Wallpapers are vinyl or foil wall wallpaper. Oh, look! Cycle's finished now. Did you hear that? It's done at last. Thank heavens for that. You can relax. <laughs> um, vinyl wallpapers or foil wallpapers are brilliant.
1: Or failing um, that's that, a good idea. You can yes. just
2: varnish it. Varnish the wallpaper and make
1: it. All yes, through. stick a coat of varnish over the top. If you've got the space, and I appreciate our bathrooms are very tiny, but. Perhaps just bringing in a little wooden bench to put your glass of wine on and drape your towel over or even have a plant on it. I've actually got lots of plants in my bathroom. Yeah, nice idea. Well, I have a 50% kill rate with plants, so I've got one <laughs> live one and I've got a couple of fake ones. And actually, I love that they soften that. They're sort of around the sides of the shower. Um, Lighting, I think, is somewhere. I mean, if you're doing a renovation and you can think about lighting, I think that's massive. You know, bathrooms are very hard-working rooms. And in the morning, you need good lighting that's very efficient for people to come rushing in, shower, put makeup on, clean their teeth. But also, if you are going to have that bathroom as a spa feel in the evening, and where you might go in there with a glass of wine, spend a bit longer relaxing and unwinding, you really need a dimmer switch, just so you can change the mood and yeah. make it a bit more cosy.
2: Yeah, no, it's, I, the dimmer switches are just a winner, aren't they, all the way round? Yeah. But I don't think people think of them for bathrooms because they think they need to have a little pull cord inside where actually it's so easy for an electrician do it to set it on the
1: outside. And then if you can, if you are starting from scratch with your bathroom, have your spotlights on one circuit and have your wall lights on yeah. another. So as you go in, you can just hit the switch and turn it all on in the morning. But later on in the day, you might just turn on the wall lights and create that nicer atmosphere. Yeah,
2: in fact, my mum's very modest. Bathroom. It's not big. She's got four lighting circuits in her bathroom. So she's got <laughs> that seems quite excessive. <laughs> she's got wall lights either side of her um mirror. She's got a spotlight over the bath, which is a really nice yes. idea. She's got um little wall washers in the shower, which is a really nice idea. These are just tiny small focused spots that you position close to the wall, and it just puts a wash of light down the tiles. So if you've got really beautiful tiles or marble or something yep. with some texture, that's another way to soften the bathroom. And then lastly, which I think's genius, she's got these little lights, tiny low-level lights at floor level that are on a sensor. And my mum's of a certain age where she makes regular trips. Oh, to me too. the bathroom too. in the
1: middle of the Oh, floor. absolutely. So you don't yes.
2: have to switch all your main lights on. You just have these low sensor that's lights on. Very that's very enough to go and take a little
1: discreet pee. So you can think about lighting in terms of, as I'm always banging on about, Who's in there? What are they doing? And when are they doing it? And actually, lighting is really crucial. And, you know, at the end of the day, a little candle next to the bath does the well i'm a catastrophist cars. you see so um, be safe with candles guys i don't have them although what, in the I, bathroom no i don't well and also i hope has got time to light 47 candles and then i'd be up five minutes later going oh my god it didn't blow it out probably sparked back into life i came across the other day and i'm obviously very late to the party with this with these battery operated candles i thought they were really cool because they're safe that's why i like them mostly and then the house was used for a location shoot earlier this week and the stylist came in and she was saying one of her design crimes, turns out, was battery-operated candles. And she says if she goes into a restaurant and sees them, she'll walk out. That's how militant she feels. Ooh, but you love them, do you? Well, I was going to say, if I
2: see a battery-lit tea light on a restaurant table... Uh, that's not setting the bar very high is it
1: well no i suppose it's not and in my house i don't really like candles but i did think when i saw that oh that would be something i could it's, it's up there with probably fake with. plants isn't it well like, i've just know. admitted to having loads of that. Oh, clearly i'm not sure i should be presenting this program No, programme. Well, no but i might just... go home <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that's given you some ideas for if you're planning a bathroom um but now let's come on to my favorite <laughs> bit sophie the design crimes and i think you've heard from some listeners so oh, what have you got
2: they have been pouring in I bet. so i'm just gonna pick a few of the juicy ones for you or a few of the ones like yes i'm just gonna sit back and comment <laughs> hit okay. me with them <laughs> okay so crushed on color got in touch on instagram And says, this might not be a design crime for some. Should we find out what it is? But I'm not a fan of white unpainted radiators (gasps) against darkly painted or wallpaper walls. Paint them a similar colour or at least in a nearer tone to the walls to make them appear less obvious. And there's some exclamation marks going on here.
1: Oh, I'm totally on board with that. I actually don't think a radiator should ever be white unless it's on a white wall. Yeah. Always match it to the paint, always. And if you've got wallpaper, people say, oh, but I've got wallpaper. Pick one of the colours in the wallpaper. Probably the most predominant colour.
2: So if your wallpaper's mainly cream in the background, then it would be cream. Or if it's a really dark navy, then do that. But basically what we're saying is they need to be disguised, hidden from view, blend away. Do not pick out a colour for your radiators they're not a design feature well
1: unless you've bought an old school radiator or a vintage one or a very heavily designed one i think we're talking about your classic yeah. white bog panel standard. bog standard radiator they are not things of beauty oh uh, having said that i'm not a fan of the radiator colour well i was either. just going to say actually mm. i wonder what i wonder what your thoughts were so that's that's another design crime in my Me point too.
2: Of Radiators were never covered by gothic fretwork in medieval times. Like, it just was never a I thing. I don't think they had many radiators in medieval times. <laughs> exactly. I take that's your point. That's what I mean. That's <laughs> what I mean. Or, you know, they have these very, like, Georgian-looking radiator covers, and it's yeah. like, but...
1: But I just don't understand the point. Surely that's going to stop the heat from yeah, coming is. out. I mean, yeah. it's fine to put a shelf over the top if you want to put things on it. Yeah, but like in hallways, yeah. you quite
2: often see Just
1: them. paint it to match the wall, and then you don't yeah. notice it. Yeah, job done. So that was a good one.
2: Let's see what's up next. Who else have we got? Well, we had opulent boho, one of her massive annoyances is short curtains. She says, "Why? Really? Wish we could block Shall them I tell all you out. Why? I get a
1: headache just from thinking about them." I'm with her on that, but I'll tell you why. It's because coming back to radiators mm. traditionally they're always put under the window and so you needed short curtains because otherwise you block the heat out nowadays i don't think you have to put the radiator under a window so you can have long curtains which do look they much look better. better it's a bit like the feature wall thing from the last episode a short curtain just looks like you couldn't afford the rest of the <laughs> material
2: <laughs> well i all the radiators in my house are under the windows and i'm a lover of long curtains. So what I recommend people do if they're stuck with them is have your long curtains, but also team it with the blind. So while the radiators are on and you want to cover your windows, you can just drop the blind and then when the heating's not on, you can draw the curtains. That's a really
1: good idea. That's a way of getting around and, it. And long curtains just look more luxurious. They bring a really nice look to yeah. the room. Just and they also lengthen the, the height
2: of the room. And again, yes. in my house, which is quite low ceilinged because it's an old cottagey
1: type building, short curtains just make it even
2: look even more well they they
1: distract it don't they breaking up the wall so actually the thing is not only to have as long a curtain as you can manage but hang it as high High as as you you can can. it doesn't just have to be across the top of the window you can hang it almost up to the ceiling and that will give the effect of lengthening the wall if it's going floor to ceiling
2: we've got time for one more oh can i squeeze in another because i'm on a roll so quirk and rescue underfilled cushions go plump or go home whatever size the cover is the insert should always be five centimeters bigger to ensure it's filled properly and doesn't look like a birthday balloon three weeks after the event
1: you see i quite like a saggy cushion a and i feel it. a cushion well, no, <laughs> i said saggy <laughs> um I mean, I like the look of them all plumped up on the sofa, but I I like a slightly softer cushion. I think
2: five centimetres bigger than the cover
1: might make it a little bit too
2: hard and turgid, if you like. I'm not sure that's one of
1: my crimes. I've got a bigger
2: problem, and that's those micro fillers that you get in cushions that go really flat and hard after a while. yes, I know exactly what you mean. So I would, you know, jump online or nip down to John Lewis and pick yourself up a feather-filled pad for all your cushions, so much softer. Or you can
1: get also feather cushions that are wrapped in a kind of foam, which means they, they sag less because the feathers will, over time, Coagulate and sort of stick we, uh, this together. This is bringing out
2: all kinds of wonderful vocabulary.
1: Flaccid, <laughs> <Placid>, coagulate, <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: claggy. You don't oh, want claggy yeah, cushions. You don't want claggy cushions. But yes, I. So I'm not sure I'm putting that one into the design crime room 101. But do keep sending them in because <laughs> this is clearly a fantastic topic of conversation.
2: Now for a very exciting announcement, we will be hosting a special live podcast recording in London on the
1: 30th of October during the DFS Staying In event. So come along for a chance to put your questions as part of the live audience. We'll also be tackling the sitting room in the next part of our room planning series and of course not forgetting those design crimes. Hosted at
2: Tanner & Co in Bermondsey and styled by award-winning interior designers and very good friends of ours to LG Studio, the Staying In has five beautifully designed lounge spaces. So I think it's going to be like a really inspirational space we can hang out have a glass of wine stretch out on the sofas chat so tickets good news just five pounds hop onto either our websites you'll find a link there under the podcast section and we
1: would just love to meet you so if you can do pop along and that's all folks thanks so much for listening please don't forget to rate review and subscribe and thanks again to dfs for sponsoring this podcast and a big thank you to our producer kate taylor see
2: you in the great indoors